My name is Adam J. Hewitt, and I beat the often path by um, becoming uh, a, a, a neuroengineer without a neuroscience degree. And uh, I combined music, and my, I grew up in a musical family, and I, uh, also a family that uh, my father was a programmer. And I found out a way 20 years ago that it might be possible to stimulate the brain directly with music. And so I started uh, as a programmer and a musician. I made a program for my family and friends, threw it out on the internet for 35 bucks, and it actually took off. Even in the early 2000s, it took off and it became my day job soon after, and we hired a neuroscientist. Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. On this show, I seek out unusual paths towards success, and I make sure to never define success as just money, because that is so one-sided. It's not fun. It's not interesting. Who cares? Well, today I've got somebody incredibly special on the show. Adam Hewitt is quite literally revolutionizing music as we know it. It turns out that music can interact with our brains in a way that is completely unique to humans. No other animal on the planet is impacted by music the way we are. Adam has dedicated his life to using science and brain data to create brain-influencing audio. Audio that can put the brain directly into states such as a flow state, deep sleep, productive spaces, and so much more. And no, this isn't snake oil like all those YouTube videos you see. It's extensively researched and now scientifically accepted. He co-founded Evoked Response, winning a National Science Foundation grant in the process. He was so far ahead of the curve here that he was laughed at 20 years ago. But now, his ideas have been validated time and again by the scientific community. Learn how he found his own highly unique, highly rewarding path in life. His is a remarkable story, folks. So here's Adam Hewitt. Uh, this has incredible importance and interest for me personally because, like I said, I've been involved in music for most of my life, and I've been a mix engineer and audio engineer for about 15 years, more of a side thing, but I was formerly a hey, DJ. Respect, and respect, yeah, I, I love, I just love mixing and frequencies, so I'm super excited to talk to you because I didn't grow up playing piano. I didn't grow up with guitar lessons. I kind of wish that I was forced to do that as a kid. I didn't have it, but what I did always like was the way that frequencies hit my brain. From the time that I discovered electronic music, I just appreciated that my brain felt different. And I discovered electronic music before a lot of people even knew what it was, certainly in the United States. And to this day, when I mix other people's projects or do audio things, it's really more about the frequencies for me than it is about the notes. So I'm very, very fascinated about the insights that you have into not only building a business and this interesting career, but also how to directly stimulate the brain with audio. So how did you get involved in this? Well, first of all, two questions. I'm yes. very curious about your uh, your experience. Um, uh, <clears throat> first of all, it's a good thing that uh, you should consider it a good thing that you have not yet learned to play an instrument because... That means that if um, you learned, if you started learning to play an instrument, you would experience massive neurogenesis in the brain, uh, neuron growth. Um, this, this is a great thing. Um, you, could, you could do it now to experience a boost, or 
you could wait until you have some uh, brain concussion <laughs> or some kind of uh, concussive event and um, then rehabilitate yourself. I, I mean, there's a, you know, entire Ted talks on that. And so I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. There's never a bad time. Uh, another cool thing to mention is that you were able to appreciate music without any training. Just think about that. You know, we're born with this ability and you became an audio engineer without ever learning to play anything because we're born with this ability. And of course, you had to learn how to be an audio engineer. And I, I said respect for a reason because the, uh, um, mixing is not easy. Uh, but it, um, you are able to perceive uh, and actual audio engineers amaze me whenever I see their YouTube videos, uh, you know, they'll be playing something and uh, they'll be like, that doesn't sound quite right. How about this? That sounds good. And I'll be like, that sounds exactly the same to me. Yes. You know, uh, uh, audio engineers have a very attuned ear and um, you uh, were born with that and you uh, um, perfected it, you know, throughout your profession, which is uh, very cool. So, um, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, what was your actual question to me? Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's how did you get into it? And uh, well, first of all, thank you. But along those lines, I think I've always been somebody who's fascinated with technology and the implications of technology. I didn't like guitar music or, I like it now, but as a kid, I only like synthesizers, sounds I'd never heard before, technology plus music and where that would take me. And I think what appealed to me about mixing and about the music as a listener was that it's a marriage of a very technical skill with something that is purely artistic and intangible. It's you have to know thousands of key commands. You have to know software in and out plugins, all of these very technical things. And I also come from a background of teaching myself how to program when I was a very young age. I was my calculator. I was learning assembly language on my own. And so it's that combination of something very technical with something that's not technical at all that I love so much. So I'm just super curious about how you got the idea to build this business in this space and how you positioned it and just all of that good stuff. Uh, yeah, those are really good points. Um, the uh, and, and it's still, uh, even no, I mean, no matter how much science we put into it, it still remains um, somewhat of an art form. Uh, I, I even at one point built a music creating AI, uh, but we uh, it, it more interacted with the composer more and more as we as I as the AI evolved um, to a point where we um, had evoked response. We uh, don't use it at all. Um, so. Um, I, back in 2000, I attended a, a meditation retreat um, and they had everybody kind of sitting in an auditorium or a room and it, it was clear that everybody was having trouble relaxing, trouble getting into a, a state where um, any of the techniques that they were trying to teach would be of any help and then this was it, it was kind of a meditation course but it was also kind of a self-help course and how to train your brain very early kind of mindfulness kind of stuff you know um uh so 
anyway, everybody was having trouble relaxing, and they put on this sound that they call the alpha sound, and it sounded like the rumbling of an engine. I mean, you would have thought that it would have sounded like Enya or um, a, a Rain or something like that, um, but it sounded like the rumbling of an engine, and it actually had a very profound effect on me. And I think, like you were saying, maybe um, I have a very physical reaction to music, and a lot of people do. Uh, it's called frisson generally, where you get chills, you know, when Aretha Franklin singing or something like that. Um, yes, it's it's called frisson, and it's a it's kind of a synesthesia, um, <clears throat> and it's something that many of us are born with. And so I have. Uh, often, I often have very religious experiences where I'm very, I'm, <clears throat> it's gotten to the point where I'm kind of used to listening to tunes and just experiencing this uh, incredible body high and uh, um, from the frisson alone, the very physical response I have to music. So it, it, it just turned out that I, I was very, very well suited to this form of stimulation, although it wasn't effective for everybody. Um, and, you know, there's stuff out there like binaural beats, which um, are generally uh, you know, pseudoscientific, but they do right. work for some people. Right. So um, right. they didn't work for me, um, oddly, ironically enough. So I had to um, develop something myself. And um, I, I, I uh, was an engineer as I said, uh, and I grew up in a musical family and was trained classically. Uh, so I had kind of this um, unlikely marriage of uh, the dogs in here. <laughs> you might try to grab my attention. Um, I, it was this very lucky con uh, confluence of um, skills that led me to uh create the very first application um which and, and uh, I, I it was called a neuroprogrammer and um this i was i was pretty young at the time and this was the early 2000s so it was a windows program um and i had the idea that music could program the brain i don't necessarily think that's true now but i think that it can it can help people reach uh very uh profound mental states and, uh, you know, we can talk more about that. And uh, so I started diving into the medical literature. I learned how quickly how to learn uh, how to um, absorb medical papers very quickly. There's kind of, you know, there's tricks to it. Uh, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you just try to read all the way through, you um, That'll put you to sleep. Kind of lost. That'll yeah, alter your brain uh, in a way that <laughs> facilitates sleep, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so I... Um, uh, dived into it and found that there really, there really was not much out there. So it was time for me to build something to help people experiment and to um, encourage research in this field. Uh, and at, at the time, actually, this was highly controversial. Um, I, I, I was selling it for, for $35, um, you know, which is, which even then was, you know, the, the cost of a meal. So I thought it was not very much and really it was just paying for our neuroscientist. So 
Um, but uh, because I was selling it, it was actually highly criticized by the scientific community mm. um, because at the time there was a lot of debate about whether even brain waves uh, meant anything, whether you could discern whether they were just random um, oscillations, ran, ran, random uh, impulses, or if they actually represented thought processes, if you could detect things from them, if you could discern bio biomarkers. And uh, uh, so at the time that was even in question, I didn't question that part. Uh, I went straight towards, hey, what if we manipulate brain waves? What if we change them? Does that affect mental state? And that alone would have been very controversial, but I was doing it with trying to do it with sound. Um, so 20 years later, and I'm and I'm I'll jump back, but 20 years later, I am very happy to say that it is supported by wide empirical evidence. And um a paper that I co-authored will probably be uh yeah, um published in nature communications uh next year which is the the, the top journal in the world um, wow. so i'm very very i mean that's the dream that's the congratulations that's the what an arc yes yeah, thank you thank you that's huge um, validation at the highest level amazing yeah that's for add um and and there's so much more to do we've just scratched the surface i mean I, since i've been doing this for 20 years i've found so many different protocols and different you know, gotten so much feedback from people. I, I actually made some of the first uh, BCIs for the PC, uh, brain computer interfaces for the for the PC, and some of the first neurofeedback games. I still I still see those neurofeedback games used on devices today. Wow. Um. Uh. So I I kind of went uh whole hog with it and and just dedicated my life to it. And I was very I was young at the time. Uh. At uh, see at, at 2000, I would have been 19, um, and so I didn't know why this would be my become my life's work. But I'm not unhappy that it did. This yes. uh, it, it, I'm extremely passionate about it, and I know that it can help so many people. Uh, and that's what it's, that's what it's all about for me. Um, that's what it's always been about. Um, so, yeah. Today's episode on neural activation is brought to you by Harvey's Brain Control Soup. At Harvey's, we listen directly to your brain to create procedurally generated AI-powered soup that's uniquely tailored to your specific taste buds and synapses. When you eat a big old bowl of Harvey's Brain Control Soup, you won't just say, damn, that's a fine soup. You'll say, I'll do anything you ask, Harvey, as the soup gently controls your thoughts and mind. Harvey's Brain Control Soup. Don't worry about finding us. We'll find you. Well, I'd be remiss if I failed to mention that one of my earlier podcast guests, Aaron Baker, he was completely paralyzed in a motorcycle injury. And he was told he could never not only not walk again, but not really move most of his body again. And he credits sound entirely with his own recovery as an anecdotal thing. So he'd be thrilled. I'm going to tell him about our episode. He'd be thrilled about this because he swears up and down that it was specifically sound and frequencies that led to his recovery, which was a one in a million or one in a billion chance encounter. 
So it's great that we're starting to find out about this. Um, there's a, a company that uh, called MedRhythms that is doing exactly that. They focus exactly on that. And uh, yes, that, that I, I think that it isn't going to be a one in a million thing anymore. I think that it's going to uh, keep, um, I think that um, music has a, has a very deep uh, power in the brain and um it's it's almost it's almost it's just so interesting um ever since kind of uh oliver Sachs came out you know with um musicophilia Mm -hmm. uh people have looked at music a bit differently i remember that and um i was actually first introduced to that through the movie with robin williams called awakenings i think Ah, and it really influenced me because it showed that it showed people who were paralyzed and we still don't know why people were paralyzed at the time, but they would, they would get into a stance like this and they would just, you know, if you threw them a ball, it would weirdly, they would catch it, but then they would, they would stay like that forever uh, ostensibly until you, until another, another ball came their way or you played music. And if you played music, suddenly they could eat, uh, they could feed themselves, they could dance. Um, but it had to be music from their childhood. And uh, the reason for that is because um, the moment you start listening to music, your brain is recording very special types of memories in the cerebellum, uh, muscle memories. And you, there, there's a good reason we have a very, very good ear and memory for music. Uh, the greatest example I, I, I can make of that is that whenever you hear a song that you've heard a million times, and it even might be by the same band, uh, if they make one one different one little difference one tiny the tiniest thing that's different about that um you will notice it because you remember the entire song uh, you know the yes. and think about what that entails i mean you know audio you know, you know how audio works and how many frequency bands and everything yep um i'm sorry was the dog i, I can uh, hear it but i want you to continue the thought please <laughs> We've had okay. a lot during the pandemic. We all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Okay. The, Hopefully, the you subject matter filter. is the most. Uh, I am. I'm an animal lover of all kinds. Yes. Yes. Um. So, uh, let's see. Where was I? Um. Uh. uh talking about the uh, uh. Well, music travels. Uh, it 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 has uh such a great power with humans and what's truly a a fascinating mystery to me is that we're the only species that has it primates don't have it they can't keep a beat um they can't recognize the 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 tone the intervals of music um and uh not only do we have the ability to uh recognize music from birth, I call it. I call it our only instinct because it really is our only instinct. We come out 
being able to listen to Mozart, we come out being able to distinguish between 12 different forms, a major, uh, 12 different forms of rhythm. And that is uh, absolutely incredible. And we're so good at it to the point where, like I was saying, uh, you, whenever you listen to a song, if you've listened to it enough, say five to 10 times, I mean, you will have a memory of that song so strong that if the same band covers it and does their absolute best to, you know, hit that cowbell exactly and do everything exactly right, you're going to notice that's a cover by this, by the one little thing that differs. You're just like, no, this isn't, I don't like this version. Don't like this version. I like the first version I heard. So that, that's, and that's just one part of the brain where music interacts. Music goes all throughout the brain. Whenever you are tapping your foot to a beat, you are predicting the beat, not reacting to the beat. And prediction happens in the frontal lobe where, uh, uh, our higher functions, higher order functions, um, everything that really makes us human, um, it is, and it's the, and it's the uh, uh, most recent part of our brain. Um, but it, also our, our motor cortex is reacting. Even if you don't tap your foot to a beat, your foot wants to tap to that beat. So your motor, the motor regions of your brain are reacting. So it's the auditory cortex, it's the motor regions, it's the prefrontal cortex, it's the cerebellum, and it's and it's and think about all the emotions that you get with music. Uh, this music reaches deep into the brain to the limbic system, where there's uh, uh, em- emotions generally, also memory, like I was talking about, um, and uh, hormones. Um, so it, 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 I, it, I discovered very quickly that this was, I, I had stumbled upon something that could be very, very powerful. And I still think to this day that it is the ideal form of non-invasive brain stimulation. I don't think that electric, electric stimulation and magnetic stimulation are actually very, uh, I mean, uh, I might not be up on the latest research, but that are, uh, it seems to me like um, you're, you're just kind of, you know, you're zapping uh, an area, you know, that, ha- that has uh, millions of neurons, you know, you're, 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 you're and, um, uh, or you're, in, uh, in, the, in the case of uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation, you're inhibiting a part of the brain or, uh, so it's, uh, but music, it, we are, you could say that we are literally designed for music. And it turned out that um, I, I bought an EEG. And like I said, I hired a neuroscientist and started researching this stuff in depth. And it, it turned out that um, it was, it was much more powerful than, um, anybody, uh, had, had yet thought I, and, um, it, 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 I am, I'm happy to say today that it's be, it's being very, uh, there's a large amount of proof. Um, 
And we are a company as a company is well-respected in the scientific community. I got a national science foundation grant. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm publishing in a good journal and, that. you know, so all that's great, but you know, it wasn't trial by fire. 225,000, right? Hmm? 225,000 grant from the national science yes. foundation. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, Amazing. and, and from, from that came a, uh, a study that is pre-published online right now. Uh, you can go to my website, Adam Hewitt with two E's at H-E-W-E-T-T. AdamHewitt.com, and you can uh, view the study. That's the study that came from the uh, the original study that came from the NSF grant. It was accepted into Frontiers, but um, one of our co-authors is uh, it kind of publishes exclusively in Nature, so he kind of really wanted to push for that. So yeah. um, we the the that that paper is broad in that it, it paints broad strokes about what this music is doing for attention and um, the broader populace. Uh, but the uh, paper that we're, that's going to be released in Nature is specifically on ADD, ADHD. Oh, man, I can't wait to read that. I'm very excited to check that out. And I'll post my review and thoughts on that later. But that's, I mean, <laughs> fabulous. Congratulations. And, you know, I wanted to touch back on a point you mentioned earlier about the binaural beats and a lot of these things that are sold on YouTube as brain unlocking or whatever. And as an audio engineer and as somebody who is a DJ for 15 years of my life, I love it when I'll see a YouTube video of something that unlocks the brain. It says, instead of being 440 hertz tuned A frequency, it's a 438.11 oh, hertz. Like that's somehow magical. And it's like, it's just a frequency. But, you know, if, if anybody's ever had a vinyl turntable, as I did for many years, you can have an infinite gradation of pitch knob. Just adjust the pitch down slightly and you're at 438.1. It's not magical. It's just slightly pitched down. Any software can pitch down or up any note in any modern digital audio workstation. So I, I like that you're debunking the, the pseudoscience that's out there. But what I found so fascinating is you, instead of just saying that something is magical, you're actually performing experiments. You've tried things, and then you're monitoring the brain waves, if I'm not mistaken, and you're, like you said, building out uh, what frequencies you're sending to the brain based on how it's responding. So you're testing in real time and changing what kind of audio you're providing the brain. Is that true? Am I correct in that? Uh, well, um, if you... It, it, it we do work with wearables where uh that uh that is the case um but um we generally try to keep it as simple as possible and but what we do do like you mentioned is iterate constantly we are constantly in a state of research and we we have been since really our onset um we, right now we're doing a, a large scale study uh, already has uh, 150 participants. Um, and uh, we're, we have plans to do two more studies. Uh, hopefully we'll get funding for one of them because it's a sleep study. So it, th those are actually quite costly, but uh, the, yeah, uh, we, I, I started kind of from the premise of um this is possible, but if it was easy, it would already be out there in abundance. We would know about it. 
And that and the 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 sound that was played during the meditation retreat that I went to didn't affect everybody. You know, I mean, it affected me, but I have a special response to music like you do. Um, so I've used that kind of superpower of being able to determine if something is affecting my brain as a, as the first clue. You know, when I, whenever I was, uh, I started experimenting, um, the first clue would be, oh, wow, okay, now something, something's happening, what's happening here? Um, and, then, and then I would go to an, an EEG, uh, and at, at the time, EEGs were not widely available, so I spent an obscene amount of money for the time to get just a, a small EEG that was uh, absolutely horrible. Um, but, uh, we did see, uh, a, a response in the brain and, um, did some internal studies and ended up doing a, a meta-analysis with our, um, our neuroscientists at the time. And, uh, still there, it, it, the, the whole point of that was to get researchers interested, but there was still so much skepticism. Um, I think this was back in 2006. Uh, so there was still so much skepticism out there that it really didn't draw uh, a lot of people. I think um, what's happened is that there, there have been some studies <clears throat> or rather frameworks, I, could, I should say. One is called the dynamic tending framework. And uh, it has to do with um, the, the synchronization of rhythm with events and stimuli uh and the basic idea is that if you have to perform a task on a beat or to to a rhythm to something you can predict you it's going to be much easier for you to do that that's the and that that kind of led to a lot of other different uh research and now uh we're we're kind of having, uh, we've got our, our, our door is uh, constantly being banged on by scientists to work with us. Um, and they're just so excited to, um, uh, to, to get into this field and to learn more about it because it, it, it has so much potential um, in such a wide variety of, uh, of medical conditions, um, but also just for a daily use, uh, productivity, flow, better sleep, um, uh, relaxation, anxiety, depression, you name it, uh, PTSD. The, we, we are hoping to, in the next 10 years, that this will become mainstream and will change the conception of music, in a sense. And I, I, I love talking to people about music because they take it for granted because they are born with it. Um, you know, just like we kind of take our arms for granted, you know, we take everything for granted. You know, the, we, the fact that we're constantly breathing without thinking about it, we take that for granted. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, so it's, but it is, um, it's not only is it very weird that we are able to do it so well, but, um, it, with with that comes uh, 
the implication that there must be some kind of really, really large evolutionary advantage to this, something that helped us as a species rise above other species because our closest cousins do not have it. So that's a real mystery. And I have many theories um, that I could go into, um, but I also kind of hope that it remains a mystery, a mystery. because I like the mystery. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think I think I think Elon Musk would say we're all in a simulation, right. and the simulation is about processing music. Right, <laughs> because exactly. That's what our brains are really good at. It's so funny you say that because I've often thought that musicians, I mean, that's the the holy grail. I've said it on tape many times, but the one most uniting thing in the entire planet is clearly music. Culture to culture, the greatest impact in the world. Somebody in South Korea feels the exact same way about certain songs as somebody in South Dakota. It doesn't matter. We all have this bond. And that's why musicians who can do it are so celebrated. Quincy Jones, Mozart, all of these people who have it. So I think if you have that gift, that's the greatest gift I think that any human can have if they possess it. But I think very few people possess that gift. Very, very few in a true, true sense. But I love that you discussed ADD, ADHD, because something that always fascinates me is how opposites play a role in unexpected things. And something I remember noticing um, as... I think the first time I was listening on headphones to Beethoven, Beethoven, very complicated, very difficult to comprehend for people who aren't musical, even for people who are musical, very few repeating patterns, lots of crazy stuff happening. And I remember once when I was thinking that it wasn't the simple music that you find on YouTube on those sleep channels that helped me go to sleep. It was actually the very complicated music that helped me go to sleep. And Beethoven would help me go to sleep because it was so intense that my brain wasn't able to focus on anything else but listening to that music. And that's why I think I still like very complicated, very cerebral music, electronic music, because it has the opposite effect. When my brain is totally absorbed in that, I can't think about my problems. I can't think about any of the stress or anxiety. Whereas if I listen to something that's very simple, just a flute or whatever, that doesn't do that thing for me. So mm. it's just so fascinating because ADD, right, ADHD, traditionally they treat these people with Ritalin or Adderall, a form of speed basically. And some people take those drugs and they get amped up. But people who have ADHD and ADD, they have the opposite effect. They slow down when they're on those things, probably because their brain is too fast. So it's super cool that you've either consciously or subconsciously gravitated towards ADD, ADHD. Have you noticed some unexpected finds or some counterintuitive opposite things along your journey so far? Things that surprised you? Uh, well, um, going off your ADD example, uh, it's uh, actually the, the opposite. Their, their, their brain is going slower than ours um, whenever they, but in, in very particular situations, um, it, whenever you're trying, whenever most people are presented with a challenge, a test, for example, in particular, uh, the, the frontal lobe um, has a flurry of activity. 
you know, it's, it's, it, if you, if you were looking at it uh, on a brain map, it would be red right here, you know? Um, but if you're, uh, if you have ADD, then actually you, you see gigantic kind of almost black holes form there where there's very little of this higher level activity. And uh, so it, it, it's, that that is very surprising to me um so whenever i you know discovered that um but but it, but it is like you said at the same time you cannot go over a certain frequency range or it becomes ineffective it gives gives you anxiety uh, other things there 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 is a there are sweet spots um and I'm not going to call them frequencies because people get hung up on that and they think oh there's some magic frequency there's some uh, it's not that it's waveform. It's it's instrumentation. It's uh, uh that but there are variables and sweet spots in the brain uh, uh, or in, in music that um uh that 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 can um eject people from their current uh state of inability or their uh. Some some people will be locked into a state of anxiety. You can kind of unlock them from that. Um, you can give them access to the zone uh, very quickly. We recently uh, worked on a protocol where we can get people on average into a flow state within five minutes. And, wow. and that sounds absolutely crazy, but it's uh, it, it, it's true. And um, I, I can't I can't wait for that to become mainstream. Um, that that's but um, we worked with Neurosity, by the way, for that. Uh, they're a they're a wearable company, and um, so you can check out their app. And our music is on their app, and they'll soon be releasing it to people that don't have their EEG uh, hardware. So you you can also experience that. And I, I take that uh, every, every morning after every Zoom. So I get I get I'm an introvert. I get terrible Zoom fatigue. So I I uh, I listen to uh, these shift. They're called they they call them shift tracks because they shift you into the zone. Fifty percent of people at at their current the current dashboard that I saw, fifty percent of people get a shift within five minutes um, into into a flow state. Uh, and I mean that's just a that's absurd. It's 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 bonkers. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's hard to say that at a scientific conference, to be honest. Uh, you you just like people will just like, what the hell is this guy even? You know. So, but it's the thing. The great the one thing that I really love about what I've always done is that it's experiential. I've always <clears throat> excuse me. I'm cold. Like I said, I. I've always told uh, detractors throughout the years, just try it, just try it, just try it, just try it. Why don't you just try it? And um, it, it, the thing is, like, uh, I, I, and I, and I, I make this comparison to them, so I probably shouldn't make it now because it's never worked. But my comparison is, what if I discovered opium and you didn't believe that that worked? <laughs> Like you just you just denied it. You're like, oh, there's no way any kind of drink could put you into that state. That's just not, you know. I've tested beer, coffee, water, yeah. nothing else does Tea. it. Yeah. But but you know, so I'm not gonna believe that opium, and I will not try it. It's like, well, what do you do? 
you know, <laughs> what do you do in that case? So one of the things I really loved about actually um, is, is that it is very experiential. You, you listen to our music and you feel like you are on Adderall. If it's the focus music, if you listen to the sleep music, you feel like the gravity is pulling you down into sleep. Though I'm going to have to think about your explanation because our, our music, our sleep music has to be very simple. Um, I'm going to have to think about that, uh, about making electronic, uh, sleep music because, uh, and, and it's actually kind of interesting too, because you mentioned falling asleep to Beethoven and I could not in my wildest dreams fall asleep to classical music because, um, it, uh, it, it's, it's been shown that, um, um, whenever music, Musicians and particularly composers hear music. The uh, weirdly, their their visual cortex actually becomes involved. I have that with Beethoven, a hundred percent. Yep, I can see strands of DNA listening to Beethoven in the air. It's wild. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah, you get some awesome synesthesia from it. And so it's it, it's like um, for me, uh, I almost try to diagnose the music and try to, um, but I, I started composing at a very early age. I, I made my first symphony at 12 and um, submitted it to a conductor that I liked. And she recommended me to the composer in residence at a local uh, university. And That's massive. Um, I started training uh, at a college level. Uh, I was, you know, the youngest person in the, in the, the the music room full of a bunch of Macs and and uh, synthesizers and all kinds of fun equipment and um, so uh, yeah it's 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 been a it's been a fun journey um, and uh, yeah okay folks we're gonna interrupt the action here for a quick little plug as we always do I'm just gonna remind you that if you like this story if you're fascinated by his work obviously support Adam directly but more than that share this episode share his story with somebody who needs to hear it his work has profound implications so you can help us both out by spreading the message here rate this podcast five stars right now on Apple Podcasts. leave a favorable review do whatever you can to help this podcast grow and I will forever appreciate you so back to the show well, okay. First of all, actually, what's the difference between brain FM and evoked response? They're both running at the same time. One didn't morph into the other, right? No. Um, so, uh, brain FM um, became a, a pretty successful, it, and it, it it is pretty. It's still pretty successful, and I still got stock there. Um, and is it producing but, 15 million plus, I believe I read, in revenue per year, 1.5 million plus users? I'd say that's pretty successful. Yeah, pretty successful, right? Um, so, you know, they're uh, doing pretty good. But I, but that, but, but do, do I believe that um, the, the, the question came to me uh, two years ago, you know, do I really believe that? Uh, at that an app um, is going to be you, a, an app is going to be like it's going to become some unicorn app and people are going to replace their Spotify playlists and they're just, you know this, and and it's going to become mainstream. Um, what ends up happening with 
B2C company, business to consumer companies, is that you start focusing so much on acquiring users that you lose track of your roots and your science and you lose track of, uh, I mean, just, uh, I'll give you an example. In, 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 the, in the time since Evoked was created, uh, <clears throat> um, at Brain FM, we were able to increase uh, slow wave sleep, deep sleep by 30%. And uh, since we've actually, we can now double the time that you spend in deep sleep. Wow. We can double it. That's insane. And it and it it takes uh, uh, it doesn't it doesn't negatively affect your the, the rest of your sleep because it actually helps you get to sleep at first. It decreases sleep onset. It decreases midnight awakenings, and it uses that time to get you to stimulate deep sleep and to help memory consolidation to help. Um, rid the brain of uh, uh, metabolic waste like uh, beta amyloids and um, uh, chemicals like adenosine. Uh, and if you, I think everybody can relate to waking up after eight hours of sleep and still feeling sleepy. That's because you didn't get deep sleep because deep sleep drains adenosine from the brain. And uh, that's, if you, if that doesn't happen, you'll, you'll, you're just going to be groggy. Now, is there a market for, as the father of a three-year-old for using this for kids, because oftentimes it's my kid who will wake up in the middle of the night, which wakes me up. Do you believe I can put this on? Have you done studies with that? <laughs> like my three-year-old will sleep through the night and therefore I'll sleep through the night by putting it on in her room? Well, uh, you know, uh, studies with children are, are always, uh, you know, the most, um, I think they're probably second only to pregnant women where, where it's, uh, corporations are so reluctant to, to even go there because it's, you know, hard, hard to get IRB approval. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of, I, I, I truly believe that it can help, um, people, it can help, uh, children, uh, we we did do a study once um, with uh, um, autistic kids, and um, it was actually a failure. Uh, but we learned a lot from it, and I I believe that now we could we could really help people. But um, there is one thing that I would like to say about kids, and I think that it's very important. Uh, I have a lot to say about sleep music, and none of it good. Um, uh, most a lot of people use white noise and if you're an adult that's fine but kids need stimulation they need a an enriching environment and white noise is the literal exact opposite of an enriching environment um, from an auditory perspective and it's actually been shown that rats who are who fall asleep to music have uh, um, uh, smaller brains. So it, th this is, uh, this is very important, you know, uh, information that I think needs to get out. Now, I, 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 you give your kid Beethoven, give your kid Mozart, give your kid, uh, or, or, or better yet, just, um, let, let them sit, you know, bite the bullet and let them sleep in the kitchen while you're making as much noise as possible, because, then they'll learn to fall asleep 
and they'll uh, learn to fall asleep under all conditions so that they won't have as much insomnia when they grow up. And then they'll, um, uh, they won't be as, you know, there won't be as much of a problem in public, you know, if, I mean, if you, if you get it, if you have your kid falling asleep to white noise every night, then they're simply not going to be able to fall asleep, you know, um, whenever you really need them to fall asleep. I'm guilty so, of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every, everybody I talk Guilty. to is everybody I talk to. Um, so don't feel bad, but start start giving your kid uh, Beethoven, um, Mozart. Yeah. There's plenty, you know, Chopin. There's plenty of stuff out there. Even I, I would say, even ocean waves are going to be much much better than than white noise. Right. Um, but uh, uh, we've had people use it on their children successfully with ADD. Uh, we we do not tell them to. We do not advertise that. We specifically tell them not to. But we have had thousands of users do it and report great results. Oddly, we have also had thousands of users use it on their pets to <laughs> great results. <laughs> of course. Well, that's that's a, a truly a truly interesting. I'll I'll try to swap it out. Yeah, we did it out of necessity. I feel like, but. Now that you're saying that, I've got to to switch gears on that one. Um, we're sort of approaching the end of our time, I know, so I wanted to ask a few quick questions. So in your personal life, I mean, you've been on this journey for a very long time. A couple rapid-fire questions. How fulfilled and satisfied do you feel on a daily basis with the work that you're doing? I'm living the dream, man. This the, the, this is absolutely the dream. Um I mean, I, I get to program, I get to write music, I get to help people. Um, and this is, this has become my life's work. Um, I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been, um, you know, which was kind of the opposite of what happened at uh, uh, Brain FM, where you have to, you know, you've got investors breathing down your back, you've got, you know, uh, uh, marketing CEO, you know, you've got all these people that, that you don't have, you're just constantly in meetings. You don't have time for the good, uh, the part of your job that you need to do the science that you want to do the, the you know, and, um, also back to your question, I know we're, I know we're in rapid fire around, uh, I have time out to spare, by the way, if we, we can go past the hour, but, uh, the, um, uh, so um, I, I'm I'm very very fulfilled and to, uh, to but to go back to uh, your question about uh, uh, Brain FM versus Evoked Response. Right now we're a, we're a business to business company only, and I feel that that has a much higher potential because I'm not, I'm not interested in credit. I I don't care if people are screaming my name off the rooftop. You know that like it's just you know I mean I mean who 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 besides us knows who uh uh moog is you know yeah um, <laughs> good reference i mean we, we we love the guy if we met him we'd be like wow i'd you're be thrilled Tesla. i would love but, to talk to him yeah oh well of course right um but it's uh i i don't care about credit all i care about is that people are getting help and um i don't uh, care about money. Uh, to, I'm, I'm being completely honest. I, I, I'm, I'm in an apartment uh, that I love. It, we have a dog park outside. I can see the lake in Chicago. I'm happy. 
Um, I'll, I, I hope to never leave. Um, and, and so it's all about helping people. And I'm, uh, and that's what I'm doing. And I'm working with people that are every, every time I have a conversation with somebody like yourself, it's an intelligent conversation. It's a fun conversation. It's a conversation about stuff that I love. And, um, I get to, I get to spread the word about how, um, music is this great thing that we should appreciate and that is in the next 10 years going to have to be completely reconceptualized. We have sessions, for example, that we give out to client potential clients. And these are meant, we have a folder of sessions that we, I call them the knockout sessions. These are the sessions that are meant to get us clients. So the relaxation sessions, and I say this to every client, I say, I challenge you to stay awake during a relaxation. <laughs> I challenge you, just try to stay awake. I mean, drink coffee, whatever, yeah. I don't care. They did, nobody can do it. I mean, you, you fall asleep. My, my, uh, a business partner, Chris Kukla, um, was riding his bike to work one day, accidentally put on the relaxation session and, <laughs> and fell off his bike. <laughs> yeah. So, so that tells you something that tells you something, um, very important. If you think about it for, for just a second, um, right now, nobody thinks music is either, um, safe or unsafe and uh but with this new technology which i think is actually the 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 greatest revolution that's happened since modular synthesis in the 50s um i it's gonna it's gonna cause a complete reconceptualization of music as uh, in, in how it relates to us as a species and also how it relates to uh, the medical field and how it relates to um, art and what we can put on the radio whenever, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you, could, you could see an, an artist, um, you know, uh, somebody who makes relaxation, like Enya, for example, I'm, I'm, that shows my age, and if the, and Enya wants to relax people with a song, so she starts using our technology. It gets on the radio. Uh, there's a million people cars. People are gonna crash their cars. Yeah. Yeah, and so and people people don't realize how powerful music oh, I, is. I love so that this is in, in the next decade. There's going to be a there's going to have to be a complete reconceptualization of music. Now, I, I certainly I'm going to do everything in my power to prevent. An event like that, because uh, that could destroy the move. That could destroy the movement for decades to come. Right. Um, but there, you know, uh, there, there, there's a great opportunity for artists in this technology, and I'm I, I love working with artists, and I can't wait to work with more. But there's also there's something I like to say where. Um, uh, and this is kind of a litmus test for any therapy. If, if a therapy is saying all good things and no bad things, it's not a valid therapy because everything that can do good There's can power. also do bad. Everything that can do good can also do bad. And um, it, it, that's, 
and 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 the example of that is using a session at the wrong time and it's the same thing popping a pill at the wrong time that you know the difference is that you know popping a pill it take, takes an hour to kick in and um <clears throat> we all respect the pill and the pill is not something that we're uh, we're born knowing about you know uh, nobody has any choice as to their reaction to music um so if you play uh a relaxation song in a mall, nobody has any choice as to whether to take that pill or not. Um, now, the, the, I'm really not really selling my company, am I, uh, uh, in, in talking about the dangers of, of this, but what I, what, I am, what I want to impress upon people is that um, is the true power of music and the, the exciting revolution that is coming and that we're we're going to have to be careful, but more importantly, there's going to be a reconceptualization of music as to what it means to us as a species. How did how is it that we're the only species that has it? How is it that it's in every single culture that we meet? And how is it that it's able to uh, get us into these mental states um, with with such ease. Um, we uh, we're you know we're we're still uh, twenty years on. We're every day we're making new discoveries. To be honest, so it's the, it's not slowing down anytime soon. We're only it's only getting better and better and better and better. Um, and you know, at, at some point, with you know, with like the relaxation sessions, you start to you start to think to yourself, "Wow, this is this is um, this is getting this is getting to a point where it is medication. It is, is something that um, we uh, have to. Uh, there ha there's going to have to be some kind of. Um, <clears throat> I I hope maybe <laughs> maybe maybe it will start with. People, uh, doctors prescribing our music. We're we're, we're actually we are looking into that, um, and we are making um, let's say uh, tools where doctors are uh, practitioners will be able to integrate music our music into their program and quote unquote prescribe through an app that we're creating. Yeah. Um, uh, prescribe a user one of these and you know at that, at that point i you know we could we could allow the doctors to say anything you know don't don't use this while operating heavy machinery blah 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 um that i hope it starts there um but um at, at any rate it's uh it's very exciting to me what's going to happen in the next 10 years um and i can't wait for people that are smarter than me to get to to wrap their heads around this and to uh, and I, I can't wait for artists to start approaching us and um, playing around with it because our artists, you know, they um, uh, just 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 like me, I think, and I think the whole uh, uh, origin story of this really is that um, you know I uh, am an artist and I also have ADD, I also have insomnia. I, I try to cure myself and. Um, artists t tend to think outside of the box. 
They just think they, they, they come up with wild, wild ideas in the middle of the night. I have journals and journals and journals and journals full of ideas that created a brain FM. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's, it, it, it's interesting. Um, and it's going to be an interesting journey in the next 10 years, an exciting journey. And, uh, I absolutely can't wait for, uh, for, for things like, uh, we're working, for example, with people on the South side, uh, to give them free, um, sleep music because, um, um, poor, poor deep sleep is linked to generational poverty. It's linked to obesity. It's linked to heart conditions. It's linked to all kinds of things that you see in low income communities and giving them better sleep is the, frankly, the least we can do. Uh, and so th there's so, there's so many exciting things. Um, and so to, to answer, uh, to, to, to circle back to your original question, that was supposed to be a quick fire question. I am absolutely living the dream. This is what I want to do. This is what I meant. I feel like I'm honestly meant to do this. Um, it's, it, it was a perfect confluence of events and things have played out perfectly to where I have the best team right now. I have, um, uh, it, we're, there's so many wearables out there right now. I mean, think, I couldn't think of a more perfect time for this type of thing to be coming out because these, these wearables will, will tell you what's going on in their brain, but they have no intervention. They have nothing to do. You know, the Apple Watch can tell you, oh, your, your heart rate's really high, but what can it do? I'm Music gonna, is the answer. I'm going to have to connect you with Dr. Ramsey's Alcade, who's making that wearable. I had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, actually, and uh, he makes wearable headphones that literally read your brain. You two have got to connect. He's doing big things. He's based out of Boston. To. No, I'm going to link wonderful. you guys via email because if ever there were two humans who needed to meet, it's you guys, I think. Uh, that'll be a fascinating conversation one way or another. So I'd be happy to do that after this call. You know, the story, I just had to put this in there, the story about the guy who put on the relaxation music and fell off his bicycle. It kind of reminds me, I don't know if you know the story of the guy who discovered LSD or acid. He took what he thought was a normal dose of this previously undiscovered compound, which, you know, a dose of, say, aspirin. But LSD is such a tiny dose that he ended up taking a thousand hits of LSD the first time he ever tried it. And he rode his bicycle and he quickly <laughs> fell off his bicycle. He had no idea what was coming. Not a clue. Just developed this. And he's trying to write. He sits down, tries to write scientific journals about what's happening. And he's detailing timestamps. He's trying to record this experience. By the time he gets to the third page, all he can write down are flower drawings and squirrely little things, you know. And that's the power of what ingesting something can do. And when you, you hear those stories, you think about that. It's like if this tiny thing can have such a profound impact on your brain to where your total reality can be destroyed, how are other things affecting our brain in daily life that we don't know? If eating something, like you said, a pill or... What does that say about eating McDonald's every day or fast food? How are these things affecting our brain? And if music has that power to control your brain, how is radio controlling your brain without you even being aware of it? How is pop radio controlling your brain? Is it making you better or worse? There's so many implications of your work. And 
like you said, the scary side is, oh, pop radio is going to be used as some sort of mind control device or put people into some sort of manipulative state, right? It calls into question all of these kinds of things, which is just, I can't think of anything more interesting, really. So I'm extremely curious to see where your work brings you in the next 10 years. And I'll be watching uh, very, very, with bated breath, I'll be watching. I can't wait. (laughs) Yes, just just let me know if there's something I need to be concerned about, okay? Drop me a line if you say, uh-oh, watch out for that. Don't listen to oh, 102.7 because that's yeah, the danger to, channel. Don't listen to the radio for a while. There's going to be some stuff, some stuff going to go down. Don't drive your car between uh, 9 and 11 a.m. I'll make yeah. sure not to do it. But um, uh, I, I I think it's going to be it's going to be nothing but good stuff. And um, at, at any rate, you are you're, you're completely right. This is going to... Uh, hopefully not not only change people's uh, conception of music but they're gonna realize that wow I was I was I was born with this like um, and I was born with a lot of other things but yep. what is affecting my brain um, I, 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 I talked to a guy who is researching capsaicin spicy food I, I, I've been it, into that for years. I love it because yeah. it's a psychedelic. It, it's it's not real what you feel. I've been into spicy yeah. foods forever. Isn't it's a it hallucinogen. Crazy? It's a crazy. And, and, Nobody and believes get, that. You, and you can get blisters. Uh, isn't, it's just, it's nuts. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, so he uh, uh, found that, um, he's gonna, I think he's published a study about it, that it um, is as good uh, taking this, capsaicin um a supplement it's a it's a little tincture i haven't yet tried it i don't, haven't been brave enough to try it but he said taking uh, taking it is as good as, as doing a small workout um for for your body for your brain um so it's it's yeah little stuff like that um and luckily i'm a great fan of spicy food unfortunately my stomach lining is completely and utterly gone uh, <laughs> Uh, because of that, but it's, uh, um, I, I love spicy food and I, who knows, maybe it's helped me, helped, helped me in my brain and my body. Well, I read uh, a study though, along those lines, guys. we talked about opposites, but I read a study that actually spicy foods, contrary to causing ulcers and those kinds of things, I read a study that they actually can cure it, which goes against conventional. Okay. Yes. Because stomach lining degradation is caused by bacteria not by spicy foods, and actually capsaicin can cause that bacteria to commit suicide because they think they're on fire. So it can actually help. And I think there are studies, if you look it up, of cultures that eat more spicy foods have lower incidences of stomach ulcers and even stomach cancer. So uh, look Uh into that a little bit because it's probably something else that's causing your stomach issues, not the spicy food. Google it. Yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be the grease. You know, I mean, it, right, uh, right. Just like in, in, Who knows? indigestion. Who right. knows? I mean, check it you, out. I mean, well, you're right. I don't. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, um, uh, I eat uh, jalapenos almost every day, just on sandwiches and stuff, and I I don't get heartburn from that. But if I get, if I you know have some like spicy Indian food, I I'll, well. Uh, uh, I should say spicy, spicy bad uh, Chinese food. Then I will, I will get heartburn. Like um, a pound of grease, just liquefied. Yeah, so <laughs> right. it's, it's probably that. And, and see, that's uh, 
you've just you just blow my mind and now i'm going to be brave enough to go take that capstation and 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 as opposed to exercising <laughs> exactly yeah why not do the other well hey adam i know we've been having a great chat i could talk about this all day i really appreciate it i think the implications of what you're doing are just so profound people are going to begin to realize that as we go but uh, I just wanted to, again, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate your thoughts and your opinion. I will continue to observe and support you from afar. Um, thank you. I just I wanted want to give you the, the floor here for a quick last word. So where can people find you? How can they best support you and your work? Well, um, uh, we're at evokedresponse.com. Uh, E-B-O-K-E-D response.com. Uh, and we're a current, currently a B2B business. Um, so if you have a company, uh, any company really that, I mean, do you want more productive workers? Do you want, uh, athletes to get better sleep? We worked with Olympians. Um, do you want, uh, uh, and there's just myriad possibilities here and, uh, re researchers, please, please, please reach out to me. Um, let's get a grant together. Let's do this. Um, uh, but we are also releasing a, an app that is, um, going to be completely free and it, it will have a, a limited selection of music, any, any music that's basically not licensed out currently. Um, we're going to put in there for free, you know, as a humanitarian, just kind of like, Hey, here you go. And, um, that, uh, so keep checking evokedresponse.com. Um, you know, uh, uh, what was it? Subscribe to our Twitter or, or, or whatever. And, um, good, great, great, amazing things are coming down the road. Uh, they really are. It's, it, it's going to be a true revolution in music. And if you're interested in music at all as well, you know, I mean, feel free to contact me. I'm actually very approachable. I'm <laughs> very, uh, just hit me up on LinkedIn or whatever. And, um, <clears throat> I love talking about this stuff and I love teaching. Um, so, uh, yeah, find, find us at evokedresponse.com. Uh, you can find me personally at adamhewitt.com, H-E-W-E-T-T. And, um, yeah, let, uh, uh, look forward to amazing things and appreciate your ability in music. Sounds good. Well, with that, that's a great ending. Thank you again, and the official podcast is now over. Do you ever have one of those talks where you get the feeling like we just scratched the surface? That was how I felt today. We had a lot of really great ideas percolating, but there's only so much you can do in a limited amount of time. Still, it's clear that this man is on to something big, and I think we're all about to find out in the coming years just how big it is. I don't think that the importance of this kind of work can be understated because we still have just the faintest idea of what's possible here, and I'm so excited to find out what happens next. As always, if you've enjoyed this show, if any of the episodes that I've ever brought you have provided value or entertainment in your life, or better yet, if they've changed your life or made you think about your career or your life's work in a different way, if it's influenced you even 1% to do something different or better in your life, all I ask is that you rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave a nice review, share these episodes, share the page with somebody who needs to hear it, 
leave a comment, subscribe on YouTube, just do anything you can to help this show grow, and I will forever appreciate you. As always, thank you for listening, and I will see you next Friday on the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm Ross Palmer.